I'm Michael Kist of Bleeding Green Nation, and I invite you, gentle listener, to join us for the best analysis of the Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles in the business. BGN Radio provides you with the most informative preview shows, and the Kist and Solak show dives deep into all the schemes and X and O details you could ever want. Plus discussions with the industry's brightest minds, including former NFL players and press conferences from the Eagles coaching staff to keep you up to date and informed every step of the way. Subscribe to Bleeding Green Nation today. Fly, Eagles, fly. everybody how you doing well that's good welcome to broad street hockey radio that's right bsh radio my name is bill matz i'm your director of funny games for the evening and uh what the hell are we gonna talk about tonight guys i no i'm kidding we actually do the have hockey some con- team the flyers we actually do have some good off-season content for you guys get you through these these are the dog days of summer there is so Nothing. little going on we just have to make shit up um yuri latera is in jail Everyone is still at the cabin. <laughs> Does every Canadian just have a cabin? We, we talked about this been. last week. This exact conversation last week. <laughs> oh, shit. That was like two weeks <laughs> ago, and yes. See, this is what happens when they don't sign Robert Hague to a new contract. So we literally have nothing to talk nothing. about, but there's one more thing Hexel has to do. All right, so let's just get right into it. Let me introduce you to the panel for the evening. Let's lead it off with the bespectacled, spectacular Kelly Hinkle. William, how Kelly. are you now? Good, and you? Uh, not so bad. Okay, so was uh, that that was the, the joke? Yeah. So other people are laughing. There's there's <laughs> that, seven people out there who on. got that. Wait, so that was that was funny. It's so funny <laughs> that it's those so, like four words. I'm they, extremely confused. They do. Okay, never mind. So anywho, as we all know, I I, I, I just I, like I'm flabbergasted. Yuri Latera is not in jail. Funny. I just no, couldn't come up with a funny reason why so in the funny. intro. Canadian jokes. I just don't. So uh, I'll never get it. It's twenty five under twenty five season here on earth and our fearless leader of the 25 under 25 effort kurt recently presented us with the tabulated results which you will soon see on broadstreethockey.com and i was actually surprised to see how high jay o'brien ranked once we factored in all of the votes and it led me to think that maybe i don't have enough respect for jay o'brien like i obviously I'm, you know, super pumped about Joel Farabee, but I didn't think that I was supposed to be so excited about Joe O'Brien, but maybe I ought to be. I mean, he was a first round pick. Yeah. So that's like not a small deal. That was Tom Wilson. Right. But Tom Wilson sucks. And it he's was a, a $5 million dollar forward. I mean, we all knew when they took Tom Wilson that he, there was a reach. Ah. Well, I think that, I think that it's fair to think that Jay O'Brien was a reach. Yeah, not as much as Tom Wilson. But he could be really good he could be we won't know we don't won't know until later no yeah but i i was just a bit surprised and it led me to believe that maybe i should read up a little bit more on jay o'brien read up on jay o'brien i think if anything it's just a it's it's a sign of faith in the scouting ability of the flyers and yeah. under hextall is that they people just operate in the assumption that well if they took this guy in the first round he must be pretty good uh, yeah i looked at it 
Hextall's been pretty good at the uh, rabbit out of the hat. Oh, I didn't see that coming pick. Mm. Travis Sandheim, Morgan Frost, Travis Konechny, guys a little later, guys you didn't well, make Konechny you... shouldn't have lasted. Konechny, no, but uh, just... San- Sandheim and Frost. Yeah, guys... I I was later in the first round with the second pick or guys who you weren't expecting maybe in that spot. Just I do think there is quite a bit of uh, quite a bit of confidence in Hextall and the scouting staff. And that's why people are excited about it from the athletic.com. Charlie O'Connor. So speaking of Tom Wilson today, I was going back through uh, this past season scoring stats because I wanted to check how Tom Wilson really stacked up because according to Washington fans, he had this amazing year last year and, Really, his numbers were honestly, in terms of scoring at 5-on-5, it's kind of mad considering he played with Ovechkin and Backstrom. They were around like low-end second-liner levels, which isn't bad until you remember he played with literally the best goal scorer of a generation and one of the better centers of this generation. Anyway, while I was looking at that, I happened to stumble upon the bottom of the list. And I laughed. Because out of the 389 forwards in hockey last year with at least 400 minutes played at 5-on-5, Yuri Laterra ranked 388th in primary points per 60. Not the bottom! One player was worse, <laughs> Lucas Sedlak from the Columbus Blue Jackets. I don't even know who that is. I don't even know who that is. That's and it. most of the Blue Jackets are told not to score because it's really disrespectful. <laughs> You're going to set the cannon Based off. on John Tortorella. <laughs> but the other funny thing was that, so he was a little bit better by total points per 60 because primary points is just looking at goals and primary assists. A little bit better by, even when you include secondaries, he was at 375th. But guess who came in just above him in that stat? Zach Ronaldo. That's right. Zach Ronaldo was a more efficient five-on-five scorer last year That's than just... our very own Yuri Laterra, which just it was like a mind-blown. Well, you know, they kept trying to tell us in Arizona that he had turned a corner. And <laughs> well, like... he turned the corner before Yuri Laterra did. He's the, totally going to be the 3C fam. If this, if this is a NASCAR race, Yuri Laterra has at Zach Ronaldo has started to turn three, and Yuri Laterra is still on the back. And like, I don't, I don't. I don't want this to deteriorate into the, oh, God, what is Hack going to do thing because we're going to get enough of that all season. Mm. But, like, when you tell me things like that, like, Kelly just joked, oh, he's going to be the 3C fam. Like, I don't doubt it. No. Like, I really just, just think. Just get used to it I'm now. I'm just, like, in my mind, in my dream, he's the 4C just because I can't envision a world where he's not in the lineup. And so if he's the 4C, that means he's not the 3C. That's my that's my biggest thing. Right now. I guess it was just amazing. Like yeah. I I knew he didn't score much. I didn't realize he, he didn't, was that far he down. He actually the list. never scored at all. His goals were just a glitch in the matrix. Well, <laughs> except for that one where he closed his eyes and shot the puck Maybe and it went in. That, that was endearing when he admitted that it he closed so his eyes. It was so endearing. I I'm so conflicted about Yuri Laterra, the human being. I'm I not. I I'm conflicted. He seems delightful, but good God, I don't want him on my hockey team. Last, but certainly not least, my broadcast partner in crime, Stephalicious D. Steph Driver. Well, folks, July is almost over, and this has been the most July July that has ever existed. It is slow. Mm. It is boring. It is hot. And we're almost in August. And you know what happens in August? Also nothing. So <laughs> prepare for more. <laughs> also nothing. So we're getting we're getting closer to training camp. We're almost there. Um thank you for sticking with us. Continue to stick with us because we're just gonna keep showing up except for Labor Day, which we will not be, but that's a while away. Oh nice. My, oh, my 
My fantasy football draft is the night before. I can get there you hanged. Go. There we go. Because I was not going to. If there it is. I'm, I'm glad that I told you guys that you have a day off I'm a, a month ahead of time. <laughs> but Jesus Christ, this month, July has been painful to get through, and August does not look like it's going to be any better. I'll tell you how they can get through it, and it's by doing something really, really simple. Trade for Eric fucking Carlson already. Just do it. He's sitting there. He hasn't been traded yet. Why isn't he a flyer? If Ed Snyder was still alive, Eric Carlson would have been a flyer a month ago. We need to get this going here. I don't I don't know what the hell is going on with Eric Carlson. He was supposed to have been on his way to Florida that one night back yeah. weeks ago. Like, yeah, some, uh, some guy invented that story, it apparently. It is done. He's on the plane. Yeah, bro. Yeah, Dave Meltzer must have reported that story. I just, no yeah, I don't know why he hasn't been traded, to be honest. I think Friedman actually, a couple of weeks ago, reported that, like, he would be okay with staying in, in Ottawa. So, I don't know. Maybe they're ah, still, what? maybe they're still, I guess they traded Mike Hoffman. So. If well, I was, yeah, but if it's still I was, tire fire. if like, I was no, Eric Carlson, I would say I am okay with staying in Ottawa just so they don't trade me so I can walk and screw them even worse. That's fair. One, year, that, one year, one more year of hell to make sure they're worse off might be worth it in the long run. But yeah, seriously, Ron, like go get go get Eric Carlson. At, at like, Ron. At Ron. <laughs> I, yeah. Go get him. Do whatever it takes. I will buy a Tyrell Goldborn jersey if you go get Eric Carlson. Oh, well, come on. Bill, you want to you want to do that already. Goldborn is included in the package. Come on. At Ron on Twitter is my best friend. <laughs> is he really? We've interacted. Have you? I at him a how's lot. He, how's he doing? Like, He's into it. Does he deal with he every, does. all of us like just adding him constantly? Yeah. There was didn't a, he? He got really mad about it, didn't he? I think one time. I know the Mike Babcock did. Dude did. Oh yeah, the Mike. Oh yeah, no, Mike Babcock. Mike Bab- Babcock follows me. Oh, he, he leaned in. Yeah, good for him. <laughs> he you, you really in. have to lean in. Did he slide into the DMs? No. Ah, that's what You're I. A respectful man. Okay, good for him. So. <laughs> I guess we we need to just talk about something. Let's get so, into it. Uh, Charlie was talking about Tom Wilson uh, in his hot take, and you know that contract has been a lightning rod. I know I've been commenting on it on Twitter, and I am I think probably the biggest Tom Wilson fan out of anyone who doesn't root for the Capitals. You're I not like wrong. I like Tom Wilson. I think he serves a role. I thought it was interesting when they put him on the top line. Uh, I think he, you know, plays an important part in hockey. How, <laughs> however, yeah, yeah, the guy that gets suspended. We need one of those. I, he had 15 points in 20 playoff games. I'm not saying he had a good playoff. Yeah, he did when and, he when he and was that's playing. It. <laughs> and he had 35 points in the regular season. He's not a bad player. He is. And hockey, as it's currently officiated and the way it's currently played, I think you need a dirty guy in the lineup. And if he's productive, that's good. Mm. However. Paying that guy $5 million. Like, Charlie, I think we talked about this a little on Twitter when you added me about how I think maybe if you put, you know, your RW3 on line one and you go down the lineup, kind yeah. of the raffle thing. Yeah. It, it can make sense. There is, there is a strategy to it. However, it's like a cost-saving strategy, an efficiency strategy. And once you then pay that guy like a top six forward, it no longer makes sense. Because why not go out and get a really good player for that money? Like th- That is just asinine to pay him over $5 million. Like He effectively got the same money that Braden Shen did plus two years and a modified no trade. Like wh- Yeah, that's nuts. What world is this that Tom Wilson needed all that? But this is not a sport radio. This is BSH radio. We are talking about the fly. The hockey team. 
the oh, hockey flyers. team, the Flyers. There you go. And I just started thinking, well, if Wayne, if Tom Wilson, who is 24 and a former first-round pick and just won a cup, all that other stuff, but if Tom Wilson is worth this contract, what in the hell is Wayne Simmons worth? More than I want to pay him. Yeah, and that's pretty much what it comes down to. I don't think that this Tom Wilson contract is going to set the market because I think that people are going to look at it as an anomaly. I, I, I just... I, I don't think it's going to set the market. I think the people sitting at this table think that. But you know who doesn't? The 200 good hockey men. Well, I, don't, I, don't think know. That, I bet you the good hockey men are sitting there going, finally, someone gets it. It's about that grit and ah, chemistry. The, Wayne he Simmons' was, agent was, is probably going to use this contract. A bit. Yeah, but this was a bad and dumb contract. Oh, for sure. Like, he still had RFA years left. Like, what are you like? This was just a dumb contract. I think that other teams are looking at Washington and laughing. Like, this was a bad contract. Yeah, see, and this is where I'm going to get back on my soapbox and say you cannot compare RFA contracts to UFA contracts, Bill. But I do agree to a point that this, I don't think this necessarily set the market per se, because again, it's hard to compare the contracts because you're basically comparing theoreticals with the four years of UFA they bought out. But it did serve as a reminder that there is clearly a, a grit tax when a guy has the reputation of being the gritty, you know, not even like Wilson has the thing where, oh, well, you know, he's he creates space because people are scared of him and shit, which, again, and <laughs> I, I'm actually going to I'm going to make this point a little bit later. You know what, I'll make it now. One thing you know what I love about Wayne Simmons, I love the fact that, like, everybody on the ice is scared of him and he doesn't need to make dirty hits. Yeah. Like, they're yeah. just scared of him because he's a freaking badass. Yeah, and if you make a dirty hit on him, yeah. he will get up and fight you and you will lose. Like, I, yeah. lo- even, I love even that about Wayne Simmons. while he's pulling his own teeth out. Like, <laughs> yeah. he'll come after you. He like, don't care. Like, he doesn't need to cheap shot you because you know that if you drop the gloves, he will basically knock you out. Yeah, he's got the reach and the fighting ability that, like, no one beats him in fights. You will not Ooh. beat Wayne Simmons. But the point I'm, I was getting to was more that, like, it reminded me that this grit tax still exists. And when you have that reputation of being the guy who creates space, the power forward type, that you have to pay more for those guys than what their stats would say because there's this grit intangible thing. And I guess I'd sort of thought that, like, maybe the NHL was a little over that, and this just reminded me, nope, they're definitely not over that. The first thing I thought of, which I didn't tweet because I wanted to be able to say it on the show and it be original, is this— I'm so proud of you. Does he get— a couple extra bucks just to cover his fines? Like, does it come to Wilson? Like, is it just like, okay, you're going to get fined like 50 grand this year probably, so we're going to give you an extra 150. Like, does it come down to that? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Is it a couple? Like, would he have gotten 4.5, but since he's going to get fined so much over the course of the next six years, like, yeah, take 5-1. But they have so little cap space. Like, that's that's the biggest thing. Yeah, like, I would get that if they were the Coyotes, and they could just throw cap space at a guy. Like, who cares? But the Capitals are already slammed up against the cap, and now they're giving a third liner 5.1 million a year. And that's like, Tom Wilson, good for you. You are now a rich man, and you've made the most of your NHL career already. However... It's just salary cap mismanagement. Like, if my GM did this, even after winning a Stanley Cup and all those things that I talked about earlier, I'd just be like, ah, so we don't have that much interest in winning another one. A a Stanley Cup is fun. You know what's even more fun? Two Stanley Cups. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. You love the social network. I do, really. (laughs) I I would have a really hard time, and I am obviously not in a position to say this because the Flyers haven't won in my lifetime, but if, if they just won the Cup... 
I'm probably not paying attention to what they're doing in the offseason. Like, my team just won a cup. And I can say that at least for the Eagles. Like, I, I don't know what the fuck they did this offseason. <laughs> they just won the Super Bowl. I don't care. I mean, I don't the, care. The only thing I can think is that the team actually thinks that the way the team was constructed last year is the reason they won the Stanley Cup. So they've just decided that they're going to go all in on this particular construction. And Tom Wilson was inexplicably a big part of that. So they felt that they had to lock him in, which is like not at all reality if you're looking at it from the outside. But as we all know, they don't look at anything from the outside. They only look at it from the inside. And this con and like we could literally dedicate the entire show to you know theories and reasons for and against this Tom Wilson contract. I'm sure there'd be a lot more in the con side than the pro side. But it leads to the idea of there are a number of flyers entering contract years this upcoming season. Wayne Simmons, the one I brought up, is the most prominent. He is, I mean, Jesus, he's everything it is to be a flyer. I just love the guy. He's one of my favorite flyers of all time. And I go back and forth hourly, really. Like, every time someone asks me what I think should be done with Wayne Simmons, I change my answer. And it's not because I'm being flippant. It's because, honestly, I don't know. And it's one of those times I'm glad I'm not the decision maker. Yeah. I'm really glad I don't run the flyers because I, I'd be like, Wayne, I love you. Here's some money. <laughs> <laughs> there was an article yesterday in which Ron... What went on the record again saying that their aim is to resign him. But, I mean, if I'm a general manager and my season's approaching and I haven't maybe been able to make a, make a deal that I wanted to make to improve the team at the draft or Dougie Hamilton or whatever the hell you know he was looking at, looking at I'd obviously be saying, I'm trying to resign sure. him, I want to keep him, because if you are still looking to trade yeah, him... I don't know what uh, else you could say, but... Yeah, no, it's it's good. Uh, I do take it, I do believe they would resign Wayne Simmons if the price was absolutely, right. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think that's a, that's a key distinction between Wayne Simmons and between, spoiler alert, some of the guys are going to be talking about in the next 45 minutes, in that there are guys who, when their contract expires, you're like... I have no desire for him to come back. You know, really, whatever the price, I don't really want him on this team because we need space for kids and he's just not that good. Everyone at this table, I think everyone in the fan base, you know, by itself, wants Wayne Simmons back. It yeah. just comes down to how much. Like, there is a price where every single fan would be like, yes, bring Wayne Simmons back. It just comes down to what price he will actually get and if we're okay with that price. But the player himself, we all love Wayne Simmons. Oh, yeah. All right, so... Let's just start off this exercise with Wayne Simmons. And I realize, Charlie, it's not a perfect comparison because of the differences <laughs> in age and contract status and all of that. But six years, 5.1 for Wayne Simmons. No, thank you. Keep or let go? No. No, it's too six, long. I, no, I wouldn't the do term, it. The term, man. Like, like, no. I, the average annual value is fine, but the term. That's the thing. Ugh. Like I would rather pay him entirely too much money for two years <laughs> breaking news here we go oh my god everybody stop the presses kelly wants to give somebody or, a two-year contract or three i would allow but i would rather pay him a, a shit ton of money for a very short term than give him term see this just shows you how much she likes wayne simmons she's willing to give wayne simmons three years third i year. would give him a third year that's like just eight because years I like that's like eight years for anybody else <laughs> no i like i am the opposite and i realize i am very much in the minority i would give him eight years if i could keep the cap hit below five mil 
Uh, it's going to be so bad at the end of that. Uh, yeah, but I think his intangibles in a fourth line role are worth it. I'm okay paying I mean, for maybe. it if it's if it's true. Like, I think he'll always be good on the power play, even if it's the second unit. And I think he'll always be a badass. And if he's on your fourth line, I don't think that's bad. Pushing nearly 40 years old? 40? I just, you said an eight-year contract. Yeah, he's he's yeah. 30. He'll be 31 when the next contract kicks in. All right. So, so it'll yeah. be 39. 39 yeah. by sure. the time the contract ends. Whatever. It's, no way. We've either won a cup or the world's ended, and I don't care. So, right, like, Both of those things could be true. Yeah, so... Uh, Either we've won a cup or it's not Wayne Simmons' fault that we didn't. So I don't really yeah. give a shit. I mean, You're I'm I'm wrong. I'm more on Kelly's side. I yeah. do the I do the the shorter term. You know, something like God, if you could get him like three years, six point five mil a year, something. Yeah, like we have that. the space. I'd rather. And, and like, yeah, it starts getting a little bit dicey when you start having to pay some of the kids. But if you keep it at three years, like. Provorov's contract will kick in and maybe Patrick's, but you probably could bridge Konechny and you can bridge really all the other defensemen because I can't imagine any of them are going to have like ghost caliber breakout years or get used high enough up the lineup to justify a Provorov deal. So you could probably make it work over two, three years. It's just in my mind, once you start getting into the five, six year range, which is what I think he will get from someone. Yeah. That's where I start getting worried. So... I think that just because of the way that he plays and the injuries, we need to be looking at shorter term contracts. You know, that being said, Dale Weiss got four years. I can give Wayne Simmons another four. Yeah, I you guess know, so. If like the, I think the max that I'd be willing to do is like four and seven. I guess the one thing also that kind of like sticks in my head, and you know, this. Fans may not necessarily care about this because they care a lot about the you know whether the team wins or not. I honestly feel bad that Wayne Simmons has gotten underpaid over this contract. <laughs> like I feel bad for the guy. Not that he's not rich. I'm sure as long yeah, as he's yeah. been smart, he's saved the money. But like he's gotten dramatically underpaid in this Hell contract. Yeah. I kind of want him to cash in. Like I want him to make a lot of money. There I'm just, just I'm just not, not sure if it if like. Like if he if he took a bargain deal to stay with the Flyers again, like the Flyers fan in me would be happy, but the like hockey fan would be like, Man, dude, you could have gotten so much more. I kinda wish you did. Yeah, like of everyone in this league who deserves money, like who puts more on the line than Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and yeah. he's productive. Like yeah. that's the thing is not only is he a badass who will do anything for his team, he also scores twenty five plus goals a year. Yeah. Like he had a bad year and scored twenty four goals. But think about it this way if he does take the hometown discount to stay with the Flyers through the rest of his career, he is set for life. He oh, is yeah. never going to not have a spot in this front office. That is true. This, is, this going, is the Flyers organization. They are going to pay him millions of dollars for the rest of his life. Is it still true, though? Are we still the Flyers organization? That's something I question. Well, I mean, why else does Ian LaPerriere still have a job? There it is. Yeah. There yeah. it okay. is. That's, that's <laughs> I mean, the one. That and you that makes me know that it's still a thing. And Danny Briere is is the coach for some main. Yeah, he's linked up with he's, something. He's still always around. Team and is still main, always around. Yeah. Main, the team in Maine that's affiliated affiliated with the somehow, somehow with the Flyers. I think yeah. like Mark Gregg is still a scout. He is. Of Mark Gregg. I think he's one of the European scouts. Yeah. Like there's there's going to be a place for Wayne Simmons somewhere in the organization forever. So yeah, as a player. He's been underpaid, and he might continue that. I don't know. I, I, I want to see the guy get his payday, but I also want to only see him wearing orange for the rest of his life. Could go to the Oilers. 
Well, way to fuck that up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the ducks with those shiny oranges. Yeah. Oh, my God. I They're mean, the you, ugliest jerseys. They're, he, they might be worse than Senator's yeah. jersey. If he went and got, you know, six years, 30 million from another team, I'd be super pumped for him. Yeah, I just, really, just come back. Come home when you're done. Yeah, I would fine. I would tweet at him a, a message of congratulations. Same. All right, so <laughs> Michael Roffel is a real interesting case. Yeah. Uh he turns 30 in December, and it's just like, wow, time flies. Yeah. Um, current contract, three years, $2.35 million cap hit. Uh, he's a, you know, we call him the Swiss Army Knife, plays everywhere in the lineup, has played on the first line, has a 20-goal season to his credit, uh, was part of a great fourth line to start last season. He's really just a useful, useful cat. Um, but does he fit anymore? Like, yeah. is there a spot for him what did you? What do you see him being worth, and do you see him sticking around? You know, yeah. I love the idea of having Michael Raffle around forever, um, and I think that he is somebody that does provide that veteran presence that isn't terrible. Um, if he's if he can, oh Jesus! Um, if he could be had for cheap and stashed on the fourth line or even the third. Uh, someone that they could call up and bring up and down the lineup when there are injuries. He's a better Matt Reed, like a much better Matt Reed. And and I think that there is still a place for him. It doesn't have to be all kids on this team. Matt Reed signed with Minnesota today? Today he did. He did. Oh, yeah. Good for you guys. Two-way deal. So he's not locked into an NHL job. He's going to have to win it in camp. But right. he's with an organization. They're going to pay him money this year. And he's going home. And he's yeah. going home. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff. Bemidji State. Yeah. I think both him and his wife are from that area. Well, he's from he's from Canada. He's Canadian, he's right? Canadian, but he went, but to, college. They went to college. He went to yeah. college. Yeah. Maybe they, they met at college. Yeah, I think they did. Good for them. But uh, uh, something that kind of surprised, maybe not surprised me, but Michael Roffel has spent a little bit of time at center. He played center internationally. Yeah. Does he weigh into the three C job at all? Do you think he gets like a crack it. there? He has I, I, been. Yeah. Jordan Wheel, who we'll talk about in a second, has been brought up on multiple occasions, and I haven't heard Raffle's name. Yeah, I just feel like if he was going to factor in, they would have mentioned him. Okay. I, I just don't see it. Raffle's so interesting, though, because I'm like, I'm, I'm mostly with Stefan that I wouldn't hate. I wouldn't hate him getting resigned just because I can't imagine he costs that much. Like, I'd pretty easily give him, after this contract, a. You know, two years, two million dollars a year, another contract pretty yeah. similar to the that. one he had last time. <laughs> and like, like two year deal. likes the number two. But like they signed him to that deal. I think they signed him to that deal the season after he had 20 goals. So clearly the market doesn't value him that highly. So I'm not terribly worried about him getting overpaid. The question at its core is do you just want him gone to open up a space for a Wade Allison for an Isaac Ratcliffe for a Joel Farabee like that's your question because like all the guys that they've let go they basically had what I call like the talk which is you go in for your exit maneuver and they're like basically thank you for your service yeah. we're not bringing you back all the guys they pretty much had that talk with are guys that we didn't really want back Raffle is the first guy I could theoretically see them having the talk with who were like yeah kind of like him and maybe that's a good thing that they're push they'd be pushing out actual good players rather than legitimately poor ones. Yeah, I mean my personal preference would be for them to clear out the space for the kids that you mentioned, but I think that realistically we've learned that Ron Hextall doesn't want to construct a team that way and even if he does, Dave Hextall will find a way around it. So 
if we need to have <laughs> a vet, you're right. Michael Roffel, we could do worse than yeah. Michael Roffel. So yeah, I mean, if, I'd be fine re-signing him for for not a long time and not a lot of money. I'm looking forward to a world where. Like Michael Roffel is playing fourth line minutes, plays eighty one games straight, and I'm like, he's the worst. He's my yeah. biggest problem. Yeah, he's the I'm like, Chris ah, you know, we could have had, yeah. Like yeah. if he's the Chris Vandevelde, then we could We're be in, in a good lo- shape. we could be in a lot worse shape. So the question that I have is, is Ron Hextall going to bring up Wade Allison, Joel Farabee, uh, Morgan Frost, whatever? To play fourth line minutes. Well, no, but yeah. I, but I think Raffle Raffle has that ability where like he plays in the top nine more than he plays in the fourth line. Yeah. Like, I think I think the even this past year, like yeah, he started the year on the fourth line, but he spent most of the year in the top nine. So this year might be the first year that he's not in the top nine, but he might be truthfully. I like, mean, he scores playoff goals. You know? He very well could be. We've yeah, he spent the fr- friggin' playoffs <laughs> on the first line. So I'm not certainly certainly not penciling him into the fourth line without a doubt. The question I, I that I I do I do agree with you kind of is like. Or will any of those guys be deemed ready? That's Wade Allison's the one who's intriguing to me because, like, since he he's coming from college, those guys have a little bit more leverage when mm-hmm. they sign. So Allison can sort of just be like, "Hey, I'm I'll sign now, but you got to basically guarantee me an NHL job." And that's when they've pushed some of these guys out before they've had someone to replace them. It was like, okay, someone else is just. These Waiting. these yeah. are these are kind of hypothetical, and to push Raffle out, I guess, a year ahead of time, basically to yeah. not resign him, we would have to see you know Wade Allison or whoever have a Konechny or Provorov style camp where it's yeah he might not even make the team this year, but he could. I think and next year it's a lock. I you think know? it's going to be Lindblom actually that makes Raffle expendable. Maybe. Yeah, it's certainly possible. I mean, I he's right to, there. I would love to see you know Limblom kind of step into that Lin role. Bloom, shit. I refuse. Blum. I refuse. If he wanted that, he'd have a second O in there. <laughs> These guys change the spelling you know of their names all the time. Jim Jackson calls him Limblom, so I'm calling him. <laughs> yeah. What What do we actually think he's like? He's such an interesting case. Like I'm really, if Blim he Blim? does, no, Michael Raffle. Oh. If he does move on, if he does hit the open market, I am so interested to see how the rest of the league values him. He he will get signed by someone. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I don't think he's going to get a ton of money, but he will get signed by someone. Yeah, He'll I'm get not, like a Brandon Manning contract. Yeah, I, I'd just be interested to see who 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 signed him, what kind of money it, they yeah, gave it'll him. It'll be interesting. I just think it would be. It's. I just think it's a fascinating case. Someone will end up in Arizona. They all end up in Arizona. I can see Arizona liking him actually. Good fancy stack guy. <laughs> somebody I am uh somebody I'm a little higher on than maybe everyone at this table at this point. Jay Weezy, Jordan Wheel. I think he still plays a role for this team. I'm still expecting him to have a better year than he did last year, I think. Uh, as long as, you know, the coach believes in him a little bit. And it does seem as if he has some organizational support. The his GM name, seems to believe Yeah, him. at least the GM keeps bringing his name up as a potential 3C option. He seems as if he's going to get a good crack at the at the spot. But he's in a contract year, and that's, you know, good for him. If he's actually going to finally make a name for himself in the NHL, no better time to do it than when, uh, than when you're owed some money. I guess that you have it here. This could be a huge year for him, and it is. Where? How do we see this turning out for Jay Weezy, as I call him, on the post games? I I think that this was a successful year for him. No, I'm I'm talking about like this upcoming year. Yeah, being if he does well, 
in in a three C role or not, like then he's locked in and he's an NHLer. If he has another year like this year, I don't know if he is an, I don't know if he gets an NHL contract, like a one-way mm. lock to be in the lineup NHL contract. Roffle, I think, does. Like, regardless yeah, of the year I he has, so I think Roffle is an NHLer two years from now, 100%. Wheel, it's like, if he has this year again, where he scratched up a fair amount and is, like, too skilled for the fourth line, but not skilled enough for the top nine, I don't know what happens to him. So that makes this year, in my mind, huge for his NHL future. Yeah, no, I agree there. Like he could easily slide back into the quad A thing that he was before he had that great finish to two years ago. Yeah, yeah, and it is it is a slippery slope. You know, someone who is still under 30 but hasn't quite carved out a niche for himself in the NHL. It is. It's, it's going to be a huge year for him, and this next contract, it, it, he's playing for his life yeah. this year. He's playing for his life in the NHL. I, I think that he is an NHL player, but he we need to we need to see it from him. He needs to to earn that spot in the lineup. I still don't think we know exactly what he is. No, and, and no, I think yeah. that, and I think that's that's fascinating for someone that as, as I put in the outline turns twenty seven in April. But I really still am not one hundred percent certain what he is because I couldn't when I did a season review article, like I couldn't shake the feeling that they just never found the right spot for him. That it, it was less that he was playing awful, and it was more that just, like, they never could find that one line where he clicked. And, yeah, and it seemed so much uh, at the end of the year, at the end of 2017, when he has that great finish. He's with Philpola and Simmons, I believe, was the line, and they really believed in that line. He was with Giroux for a while, too. Yeah. Real good with Giroux. Yeah, he had It was a, like when Giroux had his best games was with Wheel. So, and it's... You see that kind of skill, and... I'm thinking that's more than anything what they see in giving him a crack at, at center is yeah. let's give him the puck on his stick more. Okay, what what does he have that we can that we can see? He's he, he's got some puck skill. All right, let's make him a center, put the puck on his stick, and see what the hell happens. If it's a failure, we lost nothing but Luke Shen and Vinny LeCavalier mm. in time. Like at the end of the day, Damn. that's it. You <laughs> lost Luke Shen, Vinny LeCavalier in time. But what kind of worries me, and this is just negative speculation like what charlie said is I, I also don't know what jordan wheel is and i don't know that we can trust that he is going to be a long-term effective nhl player what worries me about the fact that hextall keeps hammering away at the idea that jordan wheel is going to get an extremely long look at 3c is that they've already decided that that's what it's going to be and i worry that they're going to shoehorn him in there for entirely too long and if it doesn't work not admit that it was a failed experiment. That's what worries me is they kind of just seem like it's happening. And if it doesn't work right away, I fear that they'll hold on to it for longer than they ought to because they really want it to work and it might hurt the team. It's still Dave Haxtell though. Like he can't well, keep a lineup together for more than 20 minutes. And that's, You're I am wrong. I will say as much as I would like to see if Scott Lawton's better, Scott Lawton's better and boom, put him in the role. Uh, I do think Wheel has a little bit more puck skill, and because we're so rolls, rolls, rolls on yeah, this team still. Problem. Like if we're gonna go, yeah, he's it's top nine, so that's the way it is. And Lawton is a is a four C, and that's what he is. I want to see Jordan Wheel. I think he could maybe help Limblom and Simmons if we're penciling that in as the third line, basically. Um, I think he, with his skill and skating ability, could help those two more than Lawton. To be honest, the reason why I'm just not that concerned about this, and maybe I should be more concerned about it because the third-line center role is an important role, 
what it boils down to for me is that it's so hard for me to envision any of these options not named Yuri Laterra being worse than Val Philbo. Oh, last for year. sure. So yeah. it's like, so, so uh, my kind of thing is like, they're kind of playing with house money. Yeah. Because Philbo was so ineffective, especially in the second half of the year, that like Lawton is probably my preference for the spot, but I think Jordan Wheel will be better than Philbo too. And yeah. like, that's all I want. I just yeah. want better than that. No, this, this is like C's get degrees territory. It's like, well, we did have an F. So, <laughs> so like, it is not going to be worse than that. You're not wrong. Like, no, and, <laughs> that's uh, true. It's going to be better. So, someone who's going to factor into this 3C competition. No. Yorld. Yorld. There we go. Yorld the Turold. Turns no. 31 <laughs> in December, coming off of a fantastic three-year contract with a $4.7 oh million dollar cap. did he get? Like, Vladimir Tarasenko. With, yeah, with Vlad. Yep. That's I, how. Jesus. Tarasenko might be the most underrated player in the league. <laughs> Being I able, love Tarasenko. I, I love him, too. I have the Showtime. Show. I'm, a, I'm, a big, I'm a big fan of him, but, jeez. Uh, I, I might be underrating him as a big fan of his. The fact that he scored any points, let alone having an all-star season with this guy as his center. He's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> I, so for he, like a long time, they played together. Yeah, that, this was not just one season. They yeah. were together for a long time. Charlie, you posed the question here. Any plausible chance of a bounce back? Well, my first question was, he's yeah. gone, right? Oh, yes. He is. Yeah. He's one of those guys, when you were talking earlier about, like, I'm just picturing myself when we're watching these contracts expire. Like, when I see that one year and then that red UFA on Cap Friendly, I, like, I get excited. so good. I get excited about it. Like, I got to scroll. Like, now that I don't have to scroll over to see Andrew McDonald's red UFA, like, that's exciting. Like, now that Yuri's is, it's there. It's the next one. It's like, yeah, he's absolutely a guy who's gone. They God, didn't... imagine if he's not, though. He has to be. I, I know. Like, I feel like they didn't buy him out just because it's like, I don't want to see his name for a year longer than That's I have to true. see it. Uh, but, yeah. W- what would constitute a bounce back for Yorld? I don't think it's it's possible. But, I mean, like, any— Under what the it... constraints of the physical universe, I don't think that I mean, he could actually bounce back. He would have to get faster. Yeah, so it's like, yeah. I was going to say he can't get any slower, but it's like, shit, is that a challenge? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, he could. Like, he's older. He got a year older. He could have very well gotten slower. But what did he, like, seven, I can't even remember. What do you have, seven points last year? What was it? Uh, let's I find out. I can't remember. Uh, let's find out. Right. I, at Eight. Seven. Eight. Ooh. Look at this Three guy. goals and five assists. Uh, yeah, I mean, wow. I guess like a bounce back year would be. Yeah, if he has 15 points, it's a hell of I, a year. I, yeah, I guess like it depends on how many games he plays. But let's say, and I certainly don't want this to be the case, but if he played 80 games, if he got like Lawton's numbers from this year, which is about 20 points, that would be, but that to me would constitute a bounce back year. By the same token, I don't want him playing 80 games. I don't even really want him playing 40. I don't want him playing any, but. Yeah, I would prefer that he pays plays zero i'm looking i'm looking at his numbers with uh the blues for those three seasons uh he had 44 points 34 points and 22 points yeah it was was that final year that was the total disaster playing with tarasenko yeah and they were like have an extra first round pick if you'll take him (laughs) we'll trade a first straight up for Braden shen or We'll give you two. He actually he hasn't <laughs> spent a whole lot of time in the NHL, and I didn't realize. No, he that. came over yeah. late. He came yeah. over late, and uh, like, like this is that was his this was his fourth season yeah. in the NHL. Yeah, he he got like I think a one year deal to come over, and he 
has showed good chemistry with Tarasenko, and that's how he got the three-year, four-point-seven million. I, year well, I didn't realize. Looking, that. looking well, at looking at a potential uh, optimistic side here is in contract years, he's good. Oh boy! Maybe we can extract some value out of him in his final season. No, get because, a little bit of production and then no. wave bye bye to him. Maybe unless it's good enough that they trick, they get tricked into signing him. I just don't think Ron is going to get tricked. I like can't. he wasn't tricked by Brandon Manning. He Fair. like all these guys that we've let go. He's That's been true. right about. Like I just don't think he's going to give anyone that age that kind of like any kind of contract yeah. really i do i live in constant fear of bad decisions i've been a flyers fan for 30 years yeah, exactly. <laughs> we make bad decision after bad decision ain't I, that the goddamn but, truth you know, but i just i he he's gone right yeah it's gotta be gotta be they're just waiting on ron this one. I, mean, I know you're listening gotta be let him go Thank you. Christian Folan's an interest. No. Who we, even is he? We, yeah, have I still ma- we have so many defensemen. There's absolutely no There's way. There's no, no way, right? Christian Folan. But, but, but the, serious question, the, serious, the serious question here, though, is that, like, how well would he have to play to change your mind? Is there any... Like, if he steps on the ice, I'm going to be pissed off. Well, I mean, he's the seventh defenseman. He's going to play sometimes. Nope. Somebody's going to get hurt, or somebody's going to need a day off. Like, he's going to play. I'm going to be mad the as thing hell. thing is, though, there's just... Prepare there's, for this, everybody. just... We didn't need him. There are so many other bodies but they, that I would but they, rather see. If Sam Moran no, wasn't I, hurt, I, I disagree. If Sam Moran wasn't they hurt, they wouldn't like, sign him. I think they needed a guy like this because I don't want TJ Brennan as the seven. Why can't you bring me Phil? Because I don't want Phil as the seven. Well, no. I mean, yeah. If you, if you, I want Gudis. If as you the told seven. me that, if, if you told me that McDonald was going to be the seven, sure, but they're never going to do that. I know. Yeah, McDonald's going to play until his contract expires, and that's it. Like I am. And then I'm, they resign him because they think he's good. There's no way. No, make him a coach. Uh, you know what? <laughs> Andrew McDonald for next head coach. I'm totally fine with it. He could be the PK coach. I bet coach. you he could be like uh, Doug Yeah, Peterson. I say, you know what? Doug sucks yeah. as a quarterback. Yeah, exactly. He's an awesome coach. You have been saying this for like three years. Andrew McDonald for head coach. Right. I think he should retire and immediately step in behind the bench. Look, I don't think Fulham's going to be especially good, but I think it's a legitimate question as to how well would he have to play. Like, let's say, you know, Five games into the year, Rakagudis gets hurt and is out for or two out for two and a half months, and Fulham has to jump in. Like, how well would so, Fulham have to play in those two and a half months for you to be like, "Hey, maybe we should re-sign this guy and make him part of like the next three or four years." He'd have so to play. The Go thing, ahead, Kelly. I'm just gonna say, here's the thing that that is worries me about that though is he could play really well and I could like him and want him as a part of this team, but as we all know, he's not gonna push out Gudis. He's not gonna push out McDonald. He's gonna push out Sanheim. And and that's a fair and point. that's the that's, that's the fear the or problem. Myers. But it, in the in the like utopia where those guys all play and then maybe Gudis leaves or whatever they trade Gudis they trade Gudis yeah. something like that yeah I would still need to see like peak Braden Coburn I think that's fair <laughs> like, that, that, yeah, that that's, that's a, an interesting yeah. comparison yeah, I like, like that I'd have to see peak Braden Coburn to want to keep him for four more years yeah that's well, a and he'd only he would... be thirty four at the end or thirty two at the end of that deal but yeah, he turns twenty eight in February yeah so. Cool, but like we just have defense. Like, yeah, just like show me the kids. Be, he would need to be better than I assume that Phil Myers is going to be when he gets here, and I think that that's a pretty big hurdle for a guy that I've never heard of until yesterday. Absolutely, I didn't realize that Gudis had another couple yeah. years. Yeah, him left. and McDonald really, both had two more years. Left. I didn't I really hope Gudis like lights at the fuck up this season and gets traded at the deadline. Like, I, I just want him away from me. Oh, I've I'm glad that you said that. Of I mean, they're not going to subtract from a playoff team. 
that's they're not. I could see them trade if Gudis has a good year, which I actually I think he's going to. Uh, I could see them trading him in the offseason. That to, is, to open up a spot for Myers. That is completely plausible. Yeah, to me. I guess you're that right. is if totally. Yeah, if we're in it, they're not going to make any trades. Or no. they get yeah. rid of him to play Moran. Yeah, Sam. but they're they're not. Moran's not going to play a role on this team this year. He's I don't just think not because so. he's going to come well, back. If they trade him at the deadline. Yeah, he's going to be Mor- coming back from injury. Moran's going to come back in February. He's probably. I, I, who knows how good of a shape Does he's going to be after the stint. surgery. He's going to get his conditioning stint. And then I think he'll be up and he'll factor into the lineup at some point. Like, and I, don't my- even th- I don't even know if he's good. And nope. I ser- so well, like, I good, do. Like, good at 100%. And I don't think he's going to be at 100% at all this year. Okay. No. That's, I can see him. I can, I'm just. I just want Ragugudis off my team. I'm envisioning <laughs> yeah. a scenario where one or two guys are hurt about the time he's coming back Fair. because that's the time of the season you're missing everybody. We're missing all of our goalies at that point. Like, <laughs> it's it's totally plausible we're missing two defensemen at that point. Absolutely. Like yeah. Johnny fucking Oduya played for this team last year. Mark Alt and Will O'Neill played for this team last year. Like it's totally like within the realm of possibility Did that happen. we see Sam Moran in March and all of a sudden he's factoring into a playoff run, but like again, yeah, I don't know how good he is. I especially don't know how good he is coming off the injury, but I do think he will get a shot at the end. Foline, uh, he, this just seems like a plug and play yeah, guy. Yeah, like to a me. one one year. Like yeah, we just needed a seven because our option for seven is hurt, and Phil Myers is coming off an injury plagued season, and like Travis Sanheim, we still aren't totally sold on. At least the head coach isn't. I'm not saying us. What is an us. idiot! I'm sold on him. I think he's very. I think good. we're all pretty sold. But, yeah. I wasn't the, even listening to what you were saying. The netminders. The this is an interesting one, folks, because uh, man, they don't have another one. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, well, I mean, they do, but they're gonna have a bunch of guys who've basically only played in the AHL except mm-hmm. for a handful of like fill-in games, and then one of the biggest goalie prospects in the league in Carter Hart, and they're veterans it's who gonna be wild, who man. are both on contract years. I mean, Brian Elliott turns it. thirty-four in April. Michael Ner. Michael Neuvert plays 31 in March. Turns 31. Turns. What did I just say? Plays, plays 31. 31. Nah. That's not even a He's, he's not going to play 31 games. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. If, he breaks, if he breaks 30, I, no I don't even chance. know because he will and I'll have to like eat glass or something that I was about to don't say. Don't eat glass. I, no, I shouldn't do that. No. <laughs> but yeah. That would be bad for your digestive they'll, track. They'll, I'm just both be, they'll both be in, the th- in their 30s. They're on contract years. Not Neither of them make a ton of money, but neither of them have been especially inspiring during their time in Orange and Black. How do we see this playing out? Like it all. Brian has been fine when he's he was No, he's hurt. been fine. I'm just saying, not especially inspiring. He hasn't no, been fair. like, oh wow, prime Ron Hextall. Like yeah. he's been fine. fine. I want more than fine. I want yeah. good. I've been hoping and neither, for fine. Neither of them have really hit that consistent good mark. Um, I have. I have absolutely. I have absolutely no fucking idea what they're going to do with goalies because. They've, so, yes, they've got Brian Elliott. Yes, they've got Michael Neuvert. They've got Stolarz, Hart, and Lyon in the AHL. They've got Sandstrom over in Sweden. They've got the other dude in Russia. What's the, what the hell's his name? Ustamega. But I, 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 mean, I wouldn't worry about year. him. No, Sandstrom, though, is, is interesting because he's going to be in Sweden next year, but the following but year, the he's following coming year, over. Like what, I, I, just, I don't know what their long-term plan in net is. I have absolutely no idea so i honestly think a lot of it hinges on what lion and heart look like yeah this season i I think it primarily hinges on what heart looks like well yeah lion like i think they like him but everything gets shifted 
if Hart has if Hart has a a mediocre first AHL year, then it's we need a veteran. Whether it's yeah. one of these veterans or whether it's somebody else, it's we need a veteran because Hart needs more time. I could if Hart foresee, has a monster year, then I don't know what happens. I could foresee Hart having not even a like a, a a fine a good enough first AHL year for a kid who. Making the jump, yeah, you know, and them He's going still nineteen, I believe. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. And them going, all right, we have Alex Lyon. We're gonna make him the backup, and we're gonna give Brian Elliott a one year extension, and hopefully Hart takes a big jump, and maybe we bring him up halfway, like some sort of yeah, I, some sort of contingency plan where it's we're just pushing it off a year. We're just okay. Let's back it up a year or even half a year, even if it's we just need to see a little bit more out of Carter Hart. I mean, if. If Hart lights it up, I could kind of see them. I almost just called him Cal Heater. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Lord. I know. It's, that, I'm sorry. That's a, that's a different. I'm going to have to go home and pray yeah. <laughs> for forgiveness. Yeah. I could see them, you know, that's re-signing Elliot and just saying we're going to have a tandem again, except the tandem is now Brian Elliot and Carter Hart. And depending on how Hart looks in the NHL, that tandem kind of shifts until Carter Hart is the number one goaltender. I mean, I don't know if Ron will do that. That's v- a very aggressive if prospect plan. Hart lights it up next season. And also, it's AHL. still Dave Haxtall. Well, yeah. There's no tandem with Dave Haxtall. That's it's true. it's one goalie playing. Until he dies. Until he gets oh, no. hurt. Yeah. It's a tandem, <laughs> but they don't make the switch until the other one is hospitalized. Yeah, yeah <laughs> pretty much. Like, oh, yeah, we go back and forth. It's a tandem, but it just depends on one guy like yeah. having a, a, a near-death experience. Yeah. 30 games, dead. 20 games, <laughs> then you're dead. Ah, Neuvert collapsed again. I guess we got to call someone up. (laughs) Yeah, like the one goalie that Carter Hart often gets compared to because of the fact that he was also fast-tracked and also was a top prospect is Carey Price. Carey Price, baby. And what people kind of forget is that Carey Price was in a tandem in the early part of his career with the Yaroslav Halak to the point where Halak took that job back on a couple of occasions. I was going to say, Carey Price was not super-duper impressive in the early part of his career. Yeah. His goalies are weird. So I think the the dream that that Hart like is going to kill it in the AHL this year, and then the following year is going to be a sixty game starter. Like, yeah, that would be freaking awesome. But I don't think we should expect. No, that. I don't. I don't think so either. I think best case, he's the backup to a veteran goaltender, and he gets half the games. And then the question is, is it one of these veteran goaltenders right, or, or do one? they go out and get somebody That's and let Steve these two guys go? Mason That's, still uh, needs a job. Folks. My idea, because Elliot, Elliot hasn't really grabbed the reins of a number one goaltending spot and he's old. So I don't think anyone will be older. Uh, I don't think anyone will be lining up to give him multiple years. If Ron wanted to give him a one-year extension in I March, take it, yeah. I think he would sign it. Yeah, I that's, agree with that. That's, but Michael Neuvert has to be gone, right? Yeah, goodbye, please. They have to Go be. I, I think he's gone. And le- yeah, like, unless Michael so. Neuvert wins the Vezina Trophy this year, no. he's not coming back. Even right? so, pack your bird bones on a suitcase and get out of here. <laughs> had enough of you. They I, did seem happy with him, because I, I specifically asked Ron after the JVR conference, because Hexall had, been, had said some interesting things about Neuvert in his exit interview basically saying that we want to keep an eye on how he, how his summer goes because he was going to go to Kelowna with the guy who uh, the, the goalie coach with the personal training coach whatever for mm-hmm. Hellebuck and he was going to do that he was going to have this new summer routine and whatever well apparently that 
is looking like it's getting tossed out the window because Neuvert is in Philly and he is training at the skate zone, and I think they convinced him to stay here all summer. So Ron seems to be quite happy with Neuvert. I think partially because he's under their eye. They can keep an eye yeah. on him. They know what he's doing. It's not like, hey, man, you go away every every summer and you come back and you, you can't crack 30 games. What the hell are you doing? They actually see what he's doing and putting the work in. And I'm not saying he ever didn't put the work in or I don't know. I had, I have no idea. And that's probably what they're saying, too. Like, we don't know what you were actually up to. Now we can see. I got the strange feeling based on Hexall's comments at the exit interviews that it was going to like they were almost going to like send a guy to check out Neuvert in like early July. And if that guy sent back a bad report, it was going to be, OK, we need to trade him. Okay. It, it, was, it was this weird vibe, and that's why I wanted to ask Ron. I wanted to get an idea like, hey, you've been happy with him, or are we going to you know, plan B here? And he seemed very happy with the summer Neuvert's hat. So. <laughs> I think that he still probably gets traded. I wouldn't I would be, be mad at that. I would be excited if they traded Michael Neuvert. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I, the <laughs> guy is good when he plays, but he never plays. So what good is that? All right, fam. It is, I think, as Steph mentioned, or in the onset of the program, top twenty-five under twenty-five season was that you? Ish. No, no, it was, was me, it Kelly? I, you know, the women. We're the same. Who knows? You're you're all the same. Uh, so it's it's when we we're, we'll be unveiling that this week. I yep. know I had to have my ballot in by Friday morning, so I'm I'm assuming we have to have it'll be unveiled this yep. week. Yeah, we're starting this week. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, Charlie did not have a vote, uh, but he said he left out. Oh, wow. You left out Alex Lyon. I do. Alex, Alex Lyon is over 25. Oh, okay. Oh, well, then he's he? not. Oh, you know what it is? It was because he was on our prospect you did list. The, oh, right. Yeah, you, yeah. Yours is different. Yours yeah, yeah. is prospects, and we are doing top yeah. 25. Okay, so I didn't leave out Lyon right. because he wasn't on there. I, it was, uh, I wh- didn't mean to Wyatt yell at Kalanick. you guys, but I'm yelling at you Wyatt guys. Kalanick, uh, David Ber- uh, Bernhardt, and then Ustamenko, your Belarusian. I left him off. Ustamenko is number one on my list. <laughs> number one in your heart. I think we're just. Yeah, I think that's where we're gonna go with this. We're yeah, gonna talk so about the guys we left out. Let's let's talk about who just missed the the cut. So it is the twenty five under twenty five. Um, I left off my list: Anthony Stolarz, Danique Martel, and uh, n- what is it? Nicholas? Is his first name Abe Kubel? Um, really? Yeah, and they were all three of those were guys that I had ranked. In the 20s, when we did this over the winter, um, and I, I left them all off. Um, so my reasoning for leaving Martel off is I just don't see a bright career for him within the Flyers organization, within the NHL part of the Flyers organization. I, I just don't think that I, I just don't expect a lot from him. Um, Abe Kubel, we've discussed on the show. I just, I think that he's a liability. He might be fine in a bottom six role, but I think that he's a liability and Stolarz. I have absolutely no idea if he's going to be able to come back from the injuries that he had last year. And I had other people ahead of him on the list. I put Stolarz down at 25 and Martell at 24. I left, uh, no, I didn't leave Stolarz off, but he was 25 for me. I, I thought very strongly about keeping him off. but I Albe Kubel I have somewhere in the middle of the pack just because it seems as if he's factoring into their future plans, at least 
he's going to play a role in the NHL. How high that role is, I'm not sure, but it, it just seems to me like he's going to be an NHL player. I, I am substantially higher on Albie Cabell than Steph is. Because, yeah. but, but I think that, it, but in all honesty, I think what that boils down to is the suspensions don't bother me at all. No, like they, 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 actually, they, they I, bother me so little, I can't even explain it. <laughs> no, I, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, that's something. <laughs> coached out of his game. I'm I actually, worried about it. you know me, I like that stuff. I think it's good. <laughs> This, stole, is st- this is still hockey. It's still a dirty game. You need someone to answer back, especially if we're losing Wayne Simmons. Stolarz and Martel, they neither of them really got considerations for for me. I, like I think Stolarz was at the very end of my top twenty five prospects. Yeah. But obviously, then you're adding in another ten NHL guys where he was way off. And Martel, I didn't even. I just I agree with Steph. I don't think he's. I left. I, I left Ustamenko off I because I had to do this off. at least somewhat seriously. <laughs> and as much as I like the guy, like you know. I've never seen him play. So, <laughs> There's like, that. Yeah, like I can't. Oh, no, I have a real case to make for Ustamenko at 20. Uh, he's Belarusian, and that's all I know about him. So, uh, like, how many times do you think I've seen the guy play? The answer is zero. I couldn't, I couldn't put him on my list. You like, like the idea. Seriously. I just want a Belarusian. Did I? Uh, I'm trying to. Did you rank Shushko? No, I don't think I did okay. because same reason. All right, fair. I don't uh, think I ranked Sushko either. Some people are really high on him. Did everybody put Provorov one just out of curiosity? Well, now you're ruining our rankings, and I'm, I'm just, not doing I that. I think everyone, I'm, well, just no, for us. They not, might not be the... One person here isn't on the ballot, and... Is this true? <laughs> and the other uh, three, it's not like there's more people at Broad Street Hockey. We're the radio arm. Yes. Everyone has... The three of us all have Provorov at one? Yes. Okay. I, I, would, on, I, I would have had Provorov at one. I closed my thing. Wait a minute. How, did Taylor Lear... Come into uh, anyone else's bout because I left yeah. him off. Yeah, he's on my list. He was on mine. I think he was in like the twenties. Oh he yeah, I it. did have Pro Roth at one. I have I have him on my so list. So you left off Albe Kubel and you you included Taylor Lear because Taylor Lear I know is an NHL player. Is he though? He has played in the NHL in I a mean, successful capacity. So is Zach Ronaldo, but mm. well, well, not in a successful not capacity. in a successful <laughs> capacity. Taylor Lear has, you know. He could be on this team. He's just not for reasons, um, reasons like Yori Laterra. Um, I think he's a very borderline NHL player. I think that's he's your a, opinion. Yeah, I think he's a 13th Correct. forward at best. That's your opinion. He's on my list. I don't think that Aubrey. Kub- I, I wouldn't play Aubrey Kubel in the NHL at all. So that's <laughs> that's why I don't have him ranked. Uh, Rubstov fell quite a bit, a lot more than I expected him to for yeah, at least had to, right? Yeah, uh, I have him. He he still made my top twenty-five, but a lot further down than most of the other uh, first-round picks of yeah. Hextalls. And when you were talking about, you know, should I be more into Jay O'Brien? I was thinking, like, oh yeah, of all the first-round picks, the only one I'm not high on is Rubstov. Fourteen. Which I have him much lower. To me, Rupsov oh. went from being, like last year I viewed Rupsov as a guy who, th- this may not make sense the way I'm explaining it, but it's like he went from being a guy who I had hopes was going to be a top sixer, and I thought to myself, well, worst case scenario, he's a bottom sixer because he's smart and he's good defensively. Mm-hmm. Now I view him as a guy who I think is a bottom sixer, but I have hopes that maybe the offense comes back and he could go back to being a top sixer. But like, my view of him has shifted. Like my like realistic best case scenario for him has shifted dramatically. Yeah, I was very disappointed by his showing in international games, particularly the Olympics. I I have a really hard time with those 
because like there's just not a whole lot of time for you guys to for them to get to know their teammates and systems and I, I agree with that. I have a really hard time with those, but I, I have do hard... I have him ranked lower than I did last I year. I have a yeah. hard time with them, but since like to me everyone's in the same boat. So talent should show. At the end of the day, it's a it's a game of playmakers. Go make a play and it's just like he's a guy who didn't really stand out and a first round pick who's couple years into it now should stand out a little more he for got me. a fair amount of points at the world juniors I, I agree that when you watch the games he didn't jump like jump out the way you were hoping but he did pile up some points I think he had like maybe like five and six or something like that and to me that's just my big concern is just that he just seems to have this mentality of defense over everything which is fine I guess and like that's why I think he's going to be an NHL player that's why I still have him ranked I would say, I think I forget exactly where I'm ranked, but it's fairly high, like top 15, which really isn't bad. Um, Not for this team, but it's just that, like, if you're only if you're primarily focused on defense when you're on the ice, you're just not going to score that much, and then yeah. your your ceiling is basically like. Michael Roffelish, which is fine, but it's oh, not God. that hot. Dave Haxtell is going to love him. Probably. <laughs> yeah, he'll be Dave Haxtell is going to love him. Uh, the last name I wanted to bring up right before we wrap up here, uh, because it's someone that put up some gaudy numbers in terms of goal scoring. I have him in the middle of the pack-ish, but I saw that Charlie left him off his prospect list, his top 20 at least, Carson Torensky. Oh. Uh, hmm. 45 goals, 27 points in the WHL. Uh, in 68 games, those are big scoring numbers, and I like offense. Just what would it? Uh, Do you want me? I, th- this defend yourself. Me. Yes. And then the other two can chime in. I don't either, know what you guys so did because I'll let Charlie I didn't see your ballots. So uh, well. I guess what? a couple. I guess a couple reasons. Number one, like yes, he had a very good year, and he impressed me in that good year. Um, it was still his draft plus two season. So you generally okay. expect guys. That's why Ripsoff's year was so disappointing because you expect a guy who was drafted fairly high to do very well in juniors in his draft plus two season. It's more of an expectation. It's not like a, man, good job. It's like, good, I'm glad you did that. That's number one. Number two, this is just my bias. I was okay. I was never that high on him. So he basically went in my mind from being like a nothing prospect to being a, okay, you've got my attention prospect, but I'm still, like, I still don't love the skill set that much. Like, I don't, I don't, think he's terribly fast his shot has gotten a lot better and he's definitely got some physicality to his game and you're hoping that he can be a late blooming power forward prospect but I want to see him he for me he needs to have a good first year in the AHL if he has that then then you've it's like the the thing from from Django Unchained where it's like you you had my uh, you have my curiosity now you have my attention he has my curiosity he has to gain my attention yeah, I have him ranked. He just made my list. He did make your list. But he's, I mean, I have him at 24. Okay. So he just made my list. Um, I liked the numbers that he put up, but he could very easily fall off this list if he doesn't do anything in the AHL. Kelly, you left him off? He was not on my list. All right, right now we are out of time. But before we go, I want to announce the winner. Yay! Hey. Of our book giveaway. Almost forgot again. Almost forgot again. Uh, his, uh, your... Jesus, I can't speak. Uh, His handle is at BlackBrain. His name is Levi on Twitter. You have won your copy of If These Walls Could Talk. Uh, We'll be DMing you right after the show uh, to get your information so we can mail that out to you. But congratulations. I'm also tweeting it from the BSH Radio account. 
And that is all the time we have for you on BSH Radio this week. Thank you for listening. Thank you for hanging out on Facebook Live to all you who watch the show there. Uh, That's it. Have a great week, everybody. Are you ready to talk about sports? Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.